0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible
0: we can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. All right, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. I don't
0: know if people know. They probably do if they listen to the video one, but we do one-takes. I don't know if people understand that. This is like it's live. Like if you were, if you were there watching, there's nothing edited out of the middle. That's right. So what we say
1: is just what goes in the video.
0: Is what goes. In this way, it's Holy Spirit driven, right?
1: That's right, and it's also just a little bit of just how Isaac and Angie work. It's, it's how, how we, get, we work. It's, it's our how marriage. we roll.
0: We're not pursuing. Per- perfectionism in the podcast. We're pursuing giving the biblical truth and sharing stories and sharing life. And if you can see me right now, because you're on the video one, having coffee together. So
1: I'm having water today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, aren't you different?
1: Yes. Well, I made the coffee a little bit too weak this morning and then Somebody made it really strong. <laughs> I,
0: somebody didn't get named. But that kid did not get named. So, But no, I actually okay. like it stronger, so we're in good shape. Okay. People are like, get to it. I love this stuff. Let's get to it. Okay, so what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about why normal Christian parenting isn't working today. And when we say normal Christian parenting, what we mean by that is not what God's word says should be normal. It's what is normally happening in most Christian homes.
0: That's right. And yep. most most kids are leaving the home at 18, not walking strong with God, being swayed completely by the culture. That's right. And it's a tragedy. It's really a tragedy because a lot of these parents actually are well-intentioned.
1: That's right. And we've talked about this multiple times about past generations who may have done parenting really well, but how it's the, just the life has changed so drastically that it requires Christian parents today to be thinking differently, to be doing things different than multiple generations before them in some regards.
0: Another way to say that is if you were parented well, it's probably inadequate to parent well today to stand against the pressures yeah. of culture
1: but just to be clear what we're referring to is things like you need to be totally engaged on social media which we talk about in a different podcast you need to be totally talking to your kids about purity which we talk about in the parenting program yeah but the we'll bible hasn't changed
0: the bible has not changed yes. it's just more of the biblical truth needs to be emphasized on a regular basis as early as possible throughout of course whatever age your kids are yes. if you have teenagers right now this message for you if you have a one-year-old, it's also for you because right. we need to be living out how we are going to be parenting. It's more important than ever. Because and we need
1: to be consistent the whole time.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you've heard this stuff. And we're going to start uh, with a little story. But first, if you haven't gone through the free parenting workshop yet, go to CourageousParenting.com, look at the notes of this episode and you can get it there. By the way, we have all the notes, scriptures, mm-hmm. video of this episode, everything at CourageousParenting.com. Hit podcast in the menu and you'll be right there. All of our episodes are there. It's kind of home base for Courageous Parenting.
1: Yeah. And Isaac does a really good job of just making it very clear, the bullet points of what we've covered in each podcast, putting in the scripture references, as well as any other resources that we mentioned just off the cuff.
0: So you can go there, but I wanted to start with a story. So we at one time had a beautiful property with acreage and we had a vineyard. And you've probably heard this before in some of our other uh, podcasts, but I'm going to share something I haven't shared, Um, which is we also had a garden next to it. And Angie was really the tender of the garden completely.
1: I love that garden. (laughs) It grew over the years. We started with one garden box and then we went to five the property the boxes. whole back
0: of the property had this white picket fence and i took it down to put the farm fence up mm-hmm. and i took that white picket fence and put it around a big section it looked Isn't small in our property a husband, but a big I section and then she, that was her domain and mm-hmm. uh she just did all kinds of wonderful things in there and what's it what's really cool is the more you water within reason the better the garden grows yeah plants love water don't they
1: they do veggies
0: Man. You might be wondering, what does this have to do with parenting? Well, the vineyard is the opposite of the garden. Okay. The vineyard, if you overwater the plants or even water normally how you're used to watering the garden, all the roots to the vines will stay shallow. And what happens when they stay shallow is the plant's weak and the roots don't go down to get the better nutrients to make grapes worthy of great wine. That's right. And so What you have to do actually is allow stress to happen on those vines and it forces the roots to go deep and get those nutrients and be strong plants to produce good fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. So you see where I'm going with this. There's a period of time where you want to parent like your kids are a garden. Those are when they're really young. Mm -hmm. And there's a transition that happens where we need to parent like they're a vineyard. So they produce good fruit.
1: That's interesting. Now, as you're hearing us talking about how we tended to our vineyard in in this regard, right? We lived in Oregon, which is, you you tend to vineyards in Oregon a little bit differently than say California where it's drier and hotter and that sort of thing. But in Oregon where we were, they got plenty of water on their own and they needed to become thirsty. Yeah. So that they would search for the water. Hungry for
0: water. Thirsty for water.
1: Thirsty for water. There you
0: go. So that's super important. And so there's a transition that happens. What age is that? It really depends. We just Mm -hmm. gave a graduation ceremony speech together uh, for... Our daughter, who's just finished eighth grade. Yeah, so her she's class, going into high school. Yeah, they're homeschooled, but they have this one day a week thing called classical conversations is another topic, but a uh, really great uh, way to educate and home educate. But mm-hmm. anyway, she was there with everybody, all the families. and kids And it was and fun parents. to talk about this analogy of, okay, you got your foundation, mm-hmm. but now you should expect to be more independent and to take control of your education, take control of your faith. Right and really grow in the, next, responsibility. in the next four yeah. years. And so there's a transition that happens. And too often, I think parents either hold on too tight or they let go too early.
1: It's true. And if they hold on too tight, we that's referring to like doing too much for their kids, right? Mm-hmm. To where their kids don't actually take ownership and responsibility. And the way that Christian parenting should be viewed is this analogy with the vineyard, which God talks about in John 15 too. And we need to teach them what it looks like to abide in him hmm. so that he can then abide in them and they can bear much fruit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we want our kids to be fruitful, which we want our kids to be fruitful. Yeah. Right. But if they're going to be fruitful, then we have to allow God to do that work in them and and ha- kind of let them seek him. Like We can't be constantly the only one that is leading our child to the Lord. They actually have to seek him themselves yeah, also, yeah, especially as they get older.
0: Well, we're going to go into some practical stuff here on why normal Christian parenting is not working and how you can be a biblical parent to equip confident Christian kids in today's uncertain world. Not because you fear the world. We are not to fear anything except that good kind of fear of fearing God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that for his authority and control over our lives in wanting mm-hmm. to obey him. And so, uh, this is not in fear. We're not to parent in fear. We would never agree with that. Um, but you have a scripture for us. Yes.
1: Right? This is in Romans 12 verse one it says, I beseech you. Therefore brethren by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service.
0: I love that scripture. And the reason we put it first is because God is counterintuitive. The natural way we think of things Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily biblical, even if we're Christians. Now, should it be? Yes. But that is why so many kids are launching Unsaved is because we don't have a complete biblical mindset because we're not saturated with the word Mm -hmm. and we get swayed by nominal Christianity, by the influences of people that call themselves Christians, even in our Mm -hmm. church and everywhere that sway us into making decisions that are less optimal for launching confident Christian kids.
1: I will just say that regarding this as a mom and looking back over the last 18, 19 years of parenting, how many times have I just said to you even, I just wish someone would tell me what i should do i just wish someone would pick the curriculum i wish someone would just say yes you need to homeschool or no you don't or i wish someone would just say this is how you discipline i wish someone would just tell me have you ever thought that because if you have. have felt that way that right there is in essence you seeking for approval by men yeah but also having a an ability to be influenced by the christian community around you you're looking for influence and so we need to be aware that as parents we need to be careful who we allow to influence us
0: absolutely as parents and that that scripture on the body which is god is counterintuitive which is our body is not ours do your kids really understand that
1: yeah and do they understand that they It's actually, the holy temple. Yeah, that they can be holy because he is holy. Because yeah. he tells them, be holy because I'm holy.
0: So yeah. we don't just get to decide mm-hmm. what to do with our bodies if it's sinful, right? This is God's... God gave us this body. It's the holy temple. Right. Holy Spirit in us is working through us. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one example. Also, it's a short stay here. I was mm-hmm. just reading scripture to the kids where it referenced in First Peter I think 114, I believe. It's a short stay oh, here. Oh, yes. And so a stay is like when you're on vacation. Our entire time on earth is a short stay. Do your kids really grasp that? Do we grasp that? Are we actually living for the world? Or are we living for eternity?
1: Are we making decisions that are going to impact us while we're here on earth and not in eternity? Yeah. Because if we are, if all of our decisions and our thought processes are on that. Yeah. Yeah then we're not really being eternally minded.
0: And God says, we'll read the scripture later, that um, I will frustrate the knowledgeable, right?
1: And the intelligence of the intelligence. That's
0: counterintuitive, right? So there's pride of knowledge, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. It says, love your enemies. Isn't all of this stuff so mm-hmm. counterintuitive? There's so many oh. more we could list off. Well, of.
1: yeah, I mean, love your enemies and pray for them that persecute you. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. That is like the opposite of what most people would do if they had an enemy and yeah. someone was persecuting them. You would want to defend yourself. That's what's intuitive, actually. That's the
0: human condition, right? But we're not to be just grabbing onto every human impulse. We're actually to do what the Bible says Mm -hmm. and be be biblical and train our kids in biblical living by exemplifying it and Mm -hmm. proactively teaching and discipling them. But none of that's enough. There must be a real conversion, heart change.
1: And love of the Father. Which is interesting. As we're talking about this idea of counterintuitiveness, yeah. right? I just am thinking about how when we are saturated in the word of God and it em- is embodying us, right? Yeah. And we have the Holy Spirit in us, which is what we want for all of our kids also. Mm-hmm. Our our intuition is actually changed yeah. because our minds are renewed, which is the next scripture that mm-hmm. in Romans 12, 2, it says that you may be able to be able to test what is acceptable and pleasing to God because of the renewing of your mind, which is transformed by the word of God. And so, you know, that particular scripture is even proving right there that we can have a transformed mind, that our minds actually need transformation so that when we are being intuitive, it's biblical. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah. No, it's so good. Let's talk about the hazards of normal Christian parenting. Okay. I am going to ruffle some feathers here.
1: Okay, you're just going to list them off, right? But it's
0: not on purpose. We'll list... No, we'll go over a few. Which one? Yeah. Right. So, right. but uh, But it's important. So first one is over delegation.
2: This oh. is going to ruffle
0: some feathers. Okay, so we're not here to purposely ruffle feathers, but nope. we're here to speak the biblical truth, not only what we read in the Bible, but what we have experienced raising our eight kids, ages eight months to almost 19 years old, mm-hmm. and seeing incredible biblical fruit of it. All the mentors we've had, Uh, pastor friends and so forth and reading the Bible voraciously in other books. And so Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's over delegation is a big deal and you're not going to side with me on some of these things, but one, who is the spiritual head and teacher of your children?
1: Okay. So like if your kids were to come to you with a question, well, first of all, do they come to you with spiritual questions? Yeah. And if they aren't coming to you with spiritual questions, are they going to someone else? Yeah. That's a really powerful question to ask. And why yeah. are they not coming to you?
0: Well, most parents actually point them elsewhere and right. over delegate. And it, it looks like that's what you're supposed to do. There's a youth pastor. That's what I'm supposed to do. Or the kids, a
1: children's ministry, your Sunday school teacher. Or
0: the pastor of the church. Or you can't answer the questions mm. or you aren't willing to look them up with them. And so the next time they have one, they don't ask you.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think that this is an, This is actually a foundational question that a lot of parents need to re-ask themselves multiple times throughout their parenting. I know I've asked that of myself many times. Yeah. Just because we want to have our child's hearts. Yes. Right. But more importantly, we want God to have our children's hearts. And so when they have questions, it's okay if you don't always have the answers. That's we right. as Christian like I'm a Christian, Isaac's a Christian. We want to be walking in humility, even with our kids, even though we are the parental authority. Yeah. We don't parent with an authoritarian structure where it's like, do as I say, why because I said so? It's very that different than work. that. That doesn't work. And And not only that, it's not biblical. No. Actually, you should be able to say, do as I do. Follow me. That's how Jesus discipled his disciples, right?
0: Yeah. Can (laughs) you honestly say, follow my example? Not only what you show publicly, but what you do privately. Can you honestly with integrity say, do what I do? Mm -hmm. Even the things you don't know about.
1: Right. Because we all know. I mean, if you're a parent, if you've been a parent for any amount of time, you all know that your kids are going to mimic you right? Eventually. Yeah. And so like people who have little kids for the first time, right? They have their first child and yeah. they are okay with watching movies or things that have harsh language or yeah. violent. Like you are in for a really rude awakening if you do not want your kids saying what is said on the TV in church or in public bring because an, they will.
0: You bring up another point too, is are we letting media influence influence our kids because we want to be doing what we're doing so we're just putting movies on over and over and over again and things like that so yeah. over delegation is a problem for time we could do a whole podcast on that but we're going to move on we're going to take just a moment to hear from a family that recently went through the parenting mentor program and it's really transformed their parenting and it will transform the future of Legacy. We're hearing so many powerful testimonials and reviews of people going through the program. You can always go to CourageousParenting.com if you want to learn more about it. Here they are.
2: Hello, we're Sammy and Natalia Cosa from Orange County, California. And we've been married for almost 10 years. And we have three beautiful children, Sayla, who's seven, Audrey, who's five, and Valor, who's one and a half. And we are so beyond thankful for the mentorship we received from Isaac and Angie Tolpin. Yeah, Isaac and Angie, you guys came into our life at just the most perfect time. We were actually um, experiencing a Using time in our parenting journey and in just a few short months under your guidance under the parenting mentorship program and under your godly examples we now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children we have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind and on on our hearts and we are so thankful for the both of you because now we know how we can thrive on our parenting journey absolutely we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for teaching us the model of godly parenting and how
1: we should be so encouraged to be raising our kids in this day and age. We used to fear, fear the
2: future um, and now we are so excited about their future now that this is the greatest time in history to be alive and we know that the best days are still ahead and we're no longer fearing dark days
1: ahead but we're so excited to raise lights uh, to be leaders uh, for the next generation.
2: Yeah, and just a couple things that you guys have taught us in the six-week parenting program is that a kingdom-focused legacy is the most important because that's actually why we are here on Earth. It's not about our legacy, but it's about God's legacy. And you also taught us that it's hard to do the mundane unless you see the bigger picture and see the grander purpose. And now we have a bigger picture and a grander purpose in raising our children, and we are so beyond thankful for the both of you.
0: Real fellowship isn't modeled.
1: Okay, so this is the second hazard that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Ha-
1: one of the hazards of Christ- normal Christian parenting is that people do not allow other people to be walking in biblical fellowship with them in a close enough proximity that they can actually see sin. And so see controversy, right? Yeah. See see conflict. And then also see it worked out. If we're Christians, we should be working out those conflicts. And
0: real accountability. Mm -hmm. Who do your kids see that you are accountable to? Well, if you want them to want you to hold them accountable, they should see that in your life.
1: Right. Otherwise, they're going to just think that they don't need it. And they may not even think about it. Let's just be honest. Like, If they don't see you submitting yourself to some kind of authority, some kind of spiritual authority, like a mentor, pastor, or maybe you've been blessed- with having a really godly Father. dad yeah. or mom, and you are still submitting yourself to the, that authority in your life because you do respect them and you can learn from them. That's a huge blessing. Look at that legacy. Do not mock that, yeah. you know? And look at what how you could be modeling for your kids what you want from them, which is for them to come to you.
0: So, there, so there's other podcasts we've done on friendships and so forth, and you can go look for those. But um, really, you need to model it because you want your kids to have the right mm-hmm. peer influences. And if you don't model it, they're not going to want your mm-hmm. input on it.
1: That's right. And one of the things that we want to be encouraging our kids regarding real community is that they would actually have purposeful friendships. Yeah. That they would actually be able to share with a friend what's going on in their hearts if Mm -hmm. they're struggling with night terrors or if they're struggling with being scared of their soccer game that's coming Mm up. Anything, right? Or if maybe if they're not getting along with another friend or a brother or sister and asking that friend to pray for them. How powerful is that? That they would start having an intentional biblical friendship when they're a child. That's what we need. That should be normal.
0: Yes. Now this next one, uh, might really cause you to think, okay, so we're going to get into a little bit of theology. We could also do a whole podcast on this, but we wanted to compact some of this to get really get you thinking about this. Um, the once saved, always saved theology is flawed. And it's flawed and not biblical. And the reason I'll take that stance is because it has, well, first of all, we can read in the Bible in a second, but the repercussions of parents and children with that, is massive, it's horrible.
1: It's legacy destroying in the sense that if a parent thinks, oh, my child accepted the Lord and they check it off their list and then they kind of like start focusing more on the next kid, like, because they can't for some reason do both, that seems crazy to me. But if they do that, then they're leaving the child to themselves, which God calls us to actually be making disciples, which is an ongoing discipleship process you never stop parenting you never stop discipling your kids yeah and so like if you think oh my at least my child's saved okay i would challenge you to go okay well is that really why we're here just to be saved like we're not here to to just be able to go to heaven we're here to glorify god
0: and the problem with that is it sides with believing that no matter how much somebody is deliberately sinning in their lives knowing it's wrong and doing it, that they are still saved. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Bible doesn't say that. And so then we can be overlooking those kids will be kids. They'll grow out of it. At least they're saved. And what happens to most of those kids is, yeah, they had, I believe they probably did most likely they did have a conversion. Most likely they had a heart for it. You remember it. Some did. Some did. A lot of them did. Some of them don't. But if you believe that and they fall away later, you always, then the belief is that they never were saved in the first place. I th- actually think a lot of them were sincere, but we can actually fall away. God will never move. He's always there, right? Yeah, and that's, that's important. Difficult. Let's look at some scripture here. So John 10, 28, 29, as you're thinking about this, but this is really important. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. This scripture is used to back up once saved, always saved. And if you really read that scripture, it's 100% accurate. Everything in the Bible is accurate. But what it doesn't say is that somebody can't walk away. What he it says that I say, can't
1: snatch you away. The
0: enemy, no person, no enemy can snatch you away.
1: But, y- but you But someone can walk. in their
0: own will
1: mm-hmm.
0: can walk away. Right. And so that's why it's so dangerous if we, oh, they're saved. And then we let up a little bit or we don't diligently. It is game on when a child says they're saved.
1: Right. Okay, so can I just say that on this particular topic, the thing that is most important in my mind as a mom and wanting to be a courageous Christian parent so that my kids are prepared for the uncertain world. I, I don't want them just to be saved. I actually want them to know God mm-hmm. and want to make him known. Like that their life is not their own. They understand their purpose for why God created them. They're living at this adventure, this yeah. journey with God. They're on purpose. It's not about leaving my legacy. It's about leaving a kingdom focused legacy that's actually God's. And I'm just a conduit of passing that on to my children. Yep. Right. So what is, what what am I sharing right now? Urgency. Yes. Urgency. And when you believe once saved, always saved, the urgency is extinguished. It is it's it's actually extinguished to to a place where you can become nominal. Yeah. And your kids don't feel that like y- you have this in urgency of I need to tell you about God. Yeah. I mean, when the Bible says to hunger and thirst for him, that's an urgency. We're to walk out our faith with fear and trembling. And that there's an urgency to that mm-hmm. every day, all the time, pray without ceasing. All of these things are, it, this is like in the now. Amen. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so it's really, really important that we don't let up. It's the beginning of the discipleship and training because kids can walk away. And another thing that inadvertently happens with children and young adults is they don't feel safe now coming to talk to you about doubt. Because once they believed, everybody's like, oh, you're a believer. Nothing can snatch you away. You're a believer forever. Well, wait a minute. Silently, the kid is having doubts later. And they're Starting to walk away. What's wrong with me? They're looking at the wrong things. They're around the wrong influences.
1: Struggling with sin. And they
0: go, well, maybe this whole thing isn't true. Because my parents said, once saved, always saved. My church said that. But I am walking away. And I was sincere. mm Mm-hmm what happened
1: and they they say well and i do believe so clearly if i believe i'm saved and, i confessed yeah with my lips that jesus was lord and i do believe that he's god so i'm saved yeah right and so they 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 convince themselves that it's okay to be walking in sin
0: well let's look at this in hebrews 10 35 through 36 also i have a, a document i give to people in the parenting mentor program just on this theology because there's so many scriptures like the one I'm about to read that support Mm -hmm. that we need to finish the race. We need to have endurance. We need to persevere in our faith because without continued faith, we will tend to walk away. It takes faith. We have a part in this. Yeah. God is doing it. God is doing the saving, by the way. Mm -hmm. I just want to clarify this. We're not. It's not Mm -hmm. works-based being saved. It's a miraculous thing. Jesus died on the cross so we could have a relationship with God, forgiveness of our sins, all of that. God is doing the saving, but we have to have the faith and make a decision, and we have to continue making that decision for the rest of our lives on earth.
1: And it's the same thing as parents. We can't save our kids, right. but we need to do our part that God has commanded us to, that he's yeah. called us to in pointing our kids consistently every day, choosing Every day to point them to him.
0: So Hebrews uh, 11, let's see here. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. Therefore, do not uh, cast away your confidence. Okay. Talking about faith and salvation here, Mm -hmm. which has great reward, reward in heaven. For you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now, that's not just one scripture. There's a dozen or more of these scriptures that say this. Mm -hmm. It is very clear we have a responsibility after we accept the Lord and have relationship with him sincerely. We have to stay the course. We have to flee sin. Now, do we get tripped up sometimes and do do we sin? Yes. But we need to repent and get, there needs to be a vigilance to get back in relationship with God
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and have that endurance.
1: But how do we do that if we're not living in real community? I feel like these hazards, these last two, actually go hand in hand. Because if we are in community, we can't really be walking in sin in a comfortable kind of way. Right. Right. It should be uncomfortable. There should should be conviction. There should be a healthy fear of like oh wow I what I'm doing is not, is wrong.
0: I've told this mentor to ask me these tough questions and I have to tell him the truth.
1: Right. And so Honestly if you're if you yourself are struggling with a sin we don't want you to feel condemnation but we do want you to be living in freedom and we want your kids to be living in freedom Amen. because sin creates bondage and oppression and that is exactly where the devil wants you that's exactly where the enemy wants you it, yeah. so we we want you and your kids to be able to live in the freedom of Christ that Amen. there
0: is. Amen. And the lack of discipleship is another one. We've already kind of talked about that, yeah. but it takes ongoing training in the Word of God and so forth. And um, it's funny because in the Parenting Mentor Program, they just got the discipleship session today.
1: Yeah, oh, that's uh, everybody a whole hour-long teaching When
0: they session. get that, yeah. how to decipher your kids. So and the parenting I packet. I just thought of that. Yeah. Uh, inconsistent leadership is another one. With Without the follow-through and correcting your kids when they're young, correcting them when they're older in some different ways, yeah. really important to follow through every single time. That one time you don't because we're tired kind of nullifies the last five. Well,
1: it's really hard. I have a lot of moms that will reach out to me sometimes and they'll be like, I need some encouragement. I was doing so good this week and then I gave in this one time and I always say, okay, I have some good news and some bad news for you. Mm. The good news is, is you know what to do and you need to make the choice to keep doing it and you can go to your kids and you can tell them, you know what, mommy was, I I wasn't consistent. I'm sorry because that gives you a mixed message. The bad news is it's almost like starting over, almost like starting over depending on the kid's age regarding the kids having to- to teach them that yeah. my yes means yes and my no means no. My maybe means maybe. It's not confusing. It's They keep clear. whining.
0: Remember the one time you let in. Right. Yeah.
1: So um, if that's something that you've struggled with, there's your pep talk. Consistency. <laughs>
0: someone, someone can always get progress with their kids in their yeah. obedience and respect of them um, if they're consistent. And if you're not, you know the answer.
1: It's true. It
0: actually is simple but hard.
1: It is hard. Yeah, I live simple answer, day. but hard to yeah. live
0: out. Okay, yeah. why uh, we must be more vigilant than ever? Let's talk about that. I think um, you know we have a, a scripture on that First mm-hmm. Corinthians, but uh, you can get that ready. But um, there's such a normalization of sin today. You guys know this, but uh, it's something like 47 million pornography videos are viewed by 12 to 15 year olds on a daily basis in the United States. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of other stats I have, mm-hmm. but uh, it is just an epidemic. Um, things are normalized. Um You know, sex is normalized. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids that you wouldn't believe at a young age just believe it's a normal part of life and no big deal. Even
1: Christian parents. We have looked up some really crazy. We we go into this more in detail in the parenting program because we can't really like talk about all of it on the podcast. But there are Christian parents that actually think that masturbation and pornography is normal. Yeah, Okay. I'm sorry. That's sin. So we're just going to put that out there. And well,
0: and I have a couple Game of Thrones things, not because I have ever watched it, I have not, but I know about it. In fact, it's uh, trending on Twitter today because they had their season finale yesterday. I, I even
1: saw it at the gym. On yeah. The, yeah. The so, little, the, the, so, but it was yeah.
0: uh, a celebrity asked uh, in one tweet, uh, tell uh, the, the basic plot of Game of Thrones and people are saying things like pornography, incest, ca- uh, uh, infatuation with castration. Um, all kinds of things, and you know what? I know a lot of Christians watch it because I've done Facebook ads before, and I I say, "Oh, interested in Game of Thrones? Let's get rid of those people." Um, and then all and of a sudden, the our number Christian the number drop drops massively, in the audience amount. So I just know that that's yes. uh, a reality. So there's there's a first Game of Thrones reference, but normalization of sin is everywhere. Pride of knowledge is rampant
1: okay so now i know that game of thrones is like a soapbox for you because you're like how can people call themselves christians and like actually be okay and lead with integrity with their kids right like would you let your kids watch that okay here's second question then why are you watching it like i know that that's yeah (laughs) one of our standards for sure and that's just something you got to work out with your wife your husband what's your point yeah but when it comes to pride of knowledge, that's one of the things that really gets to me. And part of that is because I struggled with this. Mm. I struggled with thinking that, oh, if I read that book or I had a degree in this particular thing that I, there was, there was some pride Mm. that would kind of, it it felt good to have that knowledge, to be able to have conversations and be so certain of what I was, you know, speaking to someone. Right. But I see it. All around me, people struggle with pride based upon their education and what they have experience in even like having experience. Oh, I ran this business and I did this. So the truth that I experienced must be truth for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's this a pride about it. But in first Corinthians 119, listen to this message. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm going to start in 18 for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. There's a little bit of counterintuitiveness right there, right? For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? That's amazing. Then verse 21, for since... In the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Let me say that part again. The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe.
0: Yeah, we have to be really careful because if you send your kids to college, which can be a good thing depending on which kid and which college you send them to and if they're equipped to be ready for that.
1: And same goes for high school. Yeah.
0: So we're not necessarily proponents of college, but um, but, uh, they have to be ready and that you have to realize that they're going into a vacuum that only cares about academics. That's all that's preached about. That's all that's talked about. It is straight up academic elitism. And I'm not saying that's bad. But if kids, well, you are. if kids yeah. completely adopt that, right, and they launch from college thinking they're better
1: than you than or you. than other people, right, then there's a there is a matter of the heart. There is a is, matter of the heart that's called pride.
0: And I, I guess I've yeah. just, I mean, I got my degree, but I did, I never talked about it afterwards, and I never, never felt like that was an edge over other people at all,
1: right. And well, I think
0: it's very important that we, we don't have pride of knowledge because God will frustrate those We've people. We've
1: even seen this in ministry. I don't know if you've seen this in ministry where like certain people will put pastors on a pedestal Yes. or they'll put youth pastors on the pedestal and delegate their child's spiritual growth to the youth pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is actually the the reflection that we have made an idol out of someone who has a certain education, right? They've studied a certain doctrine. They've written a thesis on this or that they're an expert in, yeah. on X y and z and so then all of a sudden we don't study it and if right? you if
0: your pastor says the Greek word for something in the Bible a lot in his sermons mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that no I but like, just I like that. just don't believe that you need to know Greek to read the Bible yeah and to teach right. it to your kids it yeah. is very simple stuff. The Bible is very easy to read.
1: It's very clear. And the more you read it, the more you will be able to understand and connect the dots because you'll remember passages in the Old Testament and how they connect with the New Testament. And then you'll see, you'll be enlightened in that way. Like it's God's wisdom, not yeah. the wisdom of the world. Yeah. And that it's exciting and it's fun. And you want your kids to to view spending time with God as exciting and fun also.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know? And kids can be very sharp because they have access right to everything. And that's mm-hmm. the next point which is we must be more vigilant than ever is mm-hmm. that kids have unlimited access at a certain age when you decide they should have it. I actually believe why they're in our home we believe this they should have access to the internet, they should have a phone at a certain point
1: because for the purpose of training them for training them. But it can also be really helpful with education. Yeah. but it has to be done with the proper boundaries yep. and with the purpose of actually you're training them up in how to use technology in a way that's going to benefit them yeah and using it as the tool that it can be we don't believe that internet is you know a spiritual thing it's neutral right. and it can be used for good or bad and there are many things that are like that right it really depends on the person behind the device yeah and what they're allowing the boundaries um and sometimes the enemy can use things to try to attack people but if they pass that test and they extinguish that temptation you know yeah then they're using it wisely
0: yeah absolutely also um rise of escapism okay this, this is, is a, a huge really one. big deal mm-hmm. escapism is leaving your reality and adopting another mm-hmm. reality and getting addicted to it Uh, So that's like favorite shows, too much media, scrolling through Instagram, living vicariously through other people, getting depressed by that.
1: Right. That was what I saw at the gym today was that they were, the news was reporting that because of Game of Thrones, people are going to be skipping work this morning.
0: Yeah. So 11, they predict 11 million people are going to not go to work today because the episode that finished on Sunday, a day ago, people are going to be so upset over that they can't work.
1: This, this, Okay. Like okay. when you told me that, I was like, "I kind of I'm sorry, I laughed If that's you, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. But i I don't understand that that's kind the of world we're but... launching
0: our kids into though. Just realize yes. it's that
1: important to know that that is that's the reality
0: that people yeah. are in they they actually it's I guess eight years this has been running. I read today. And so people have grown up with these people. They've watched these people grow. Uh, kids become young adults, and then unfortunately, doing weird things on uh, mm-hmm. in the show, and so it's just really unfortunate that we are literally living other people's lives that aren't even real.
1: Well, and I remember when we were first parents, um, soap operas were really big, and novels. Yeah, there there are many different forms of escapism. Like fantasy you, novels. You, yeah, fantasy romance, romance novels, right? Really. Um, so I I just think that you know if you're listening, you're like. Ugh, I don't do Game of Thrones. First of all, Isaac and I don't want to portray that we have that kind of like judgmental attitude towards people. We actually no. are very concerned for people who are addicted to anything, including yeah. Game of Thrones.
0: Except for coffee.
1: <laughs> Except for coffee because we're addicted I'm to coffee. Kid. Just, no, kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but in all seriousness though, it but it is something that you need to be aware of because you're parenting in today's world and it's... It's something that we, as parents, we have to be relevant to today. We need to be able to speak the language of our kids. We need to to know what's
0: going on. Diligent.
1: We need to be warning our kids not to watch certain things, such as this show. Um, And so, I just I think that it's an important conversation to have. And but to realize that addictions like that or escapism. Is actually bigger than just like a TV show, yeah. right? Or a sitcom. It could be many different things. Even social media. One can of the be things, Escapism. One
0: of the things I've instituted in the culture of our family is we are producers, not just consumers. Yeah. We consume responsibly, but we produce our genius, whatever that is—art, uh, writing, um, speaking, sports. Athleticism, academics, and using yeah. it in the right way—whatever it is, craft, sewing, craft sewing. We need to be using that for the glory of God, mm-hmm. versus just watching other people use their gifts and and just uh, you know being escapism.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're trapped in that, you're comparing. You can struggle with comparison, and you and get depression. Right, and that's literally the definition of the comparison trap. It's a trap because you get a so, addicted. So we're
0: going to gonna wrap this up with you have to be courageous. You have to be courageous Mm -hmm. as a parent to equip confident Christian kids in this world because they will get swept up. The culture will steal away your kids' hearts. And it was happening at an unbelievable pace right now. So we have to make unpopular decisions.
1: And so when it comes to unpopular decisions, I just want to encourage you that – the best decisions that we ever made were probably the most unpopular ones. So if you are about, if you're feeling like the Holy spirit is prompting you to set a specific boundary and I don't know what it is, but if you are feeling this conviction to set a boundary and you're scared because you're, you're really just fearful of man scared what other people are going to think you absolutely have to go with your gut. If you have the Holy spirit dwelling in you and you're, intuition is a biblical one yeah does that make sense and it may your decision may not make sense to the people around you and unfortunately it may not make sense in a christian community either i don't know it depends on your culture it depends on if you're living in a biblical community i would
0: say it seems like our life is constantly not made sense to large portions of people even close around us
1: right and then later they go oh Yeah, that was a good decision. (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like even going on the RV trip. Yeah. And so you just you have to stick to what you know God is calling you to do as parents, unapologetically. Yeah. Knowing that, I mean, God's word talks about how we're gonna be persecuted for him. So if what you're teaching your kids and the boundary that you're setting or the decision that you're making is being made. Because you are pursuing holiness and you feel like that is a stumbling block or that is going to um, hold your kids back and disable them from spiritual maturity or could potentially even threaten their safety. Yeah. Right? Like whether it's sexual purity or whatnot. If there is... Any chance of those things and you are making a decision based upon the word of God and the conviction that the Holy Spirit is giving you as you're reading the word or even just listening to our podcast, study the word, pray together fast over it. But I am telling you, if you make the decision to just let your kids go do that because you're worried about what other people think. It could potentially be one of the most disastrous decisions you make.
0: It is a harder path to be a courageous parent. It's hard to be a biblical parent that actually does this right and to do what the Bible says and to have the uncomfortable conversations and to have the vision and stay the course with the vision and choose those hard things. There's a point in time where we're like, is it really worth it to be so different? Um, We're going to get a lot of flack for this and we go, Yes, it's worth it. We remember feeling very like this is a really hard path. And then we go, well, our legacy is worth it. Kids in heaven and influencing other people to know God is worth it
1: right and i will say god is faithful he is always faithful and you may not see it now in the moment when you're making that decision or setting that boundary but years down the road you will find like-minded parents and and you'll be thankful that you raised your kids that way because they will find friends i just want to encourage you that there are purposeful courageous parents out there that are pursuing a godly legacy and they are parenting well yes we all make mistakes but they're doing their best and it's good.
0: Another tip is your marriage has to be in alignment. You have to have tough conversations mm-hmm. as a married couple. You have to exemplify mm-hmm. the marriage you want your kids to have. And that takes really diligent, hard work mm-hmm. and God at the center of your marriage. And you need to have real time discipline, mm-hmm. real accountability with your kids. And it's hard to do.
1: And I think that God's word wraps that up just perfectly in second to it's actually Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work." Such Which a good is word. exactly what we're talking about, right? That yeah. that we would be able to correct our kids, that we would be able to be teaching them and discipling them, and being courageous parents you got to use this. This is what's going to help you to do it well.
0: Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us.
1: See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com.
2: That's CourageousParenting.com.